Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It's my check! It's my check! Horny babies, waniacs, it's so good to have you back. You're listening to Mike Check with Cameron James and Alexi Toliopoulos, the only podcast in the cosmos where two comedians watch the entire filmography of Mike Myers just to check if it's still good. That's the premise, baby. Um, I'm Cameron and the other dude's here too. Hello, my name is Alexi Toliopoulos and my middle name is Danger. <laughs> That's not really the joke structure there. Yeah, but I'm a new wave kind of comedian. I'm edgy. I'm cool. I'm hip. I'm with it. Okay, that's a cool one because you just dropped in a little Doctor Evil yes. reference there. That's very exciting and for me. Let the record show right now. I'm a little bit sick, boy. I'm yeah. a little bit sick. Yeah. And my left eye is swollen, much like Dr. Evil himself. <laughs> and just also let the record show, usually I'm well known as one of the most beautiful boys. Yep. But and today most I'm not healthy as well. Yes. But um, you are poorly at the moment. Your left yeah. eye is closing poorly, sure. over. That's what I am. <laughs> no, that's a different podcast. <laughs> okay. That's called Sure Thing with uh, Cameron James. Yeah. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll have you as a guest Love one time. Love to be a guest on your Paulie Shore podcast. I've seen um, none of his movies, but it'd be a really great opportunity to watch Biodome. Yeah, Biodome is great with Stefan Baldwin. and um, I it, love his politics. Yeah, me way. too. I'm I don't actually, know if he's the one. No, he's, I think he is, isn't he? Isn't he the Trump bro? Yeah. Um, welcome to the show. This episode, we are watching a film that barely stars Mike Myers. It's a little film called Mystery Alaska. Yes, and it's directed by one of Mike's dearest collaborators, Mr. Jay Roach. Roach. And now that's like what one of my videos to do is smoke a Jay down to the Roach. That's the thing. If you need to remember Jay Roach's name, just think about what you and I both call a joint of weed. Yeah, a Jay, if you will. And think about the smallest little end bit of it. Yeah, we, we're back in the day. We used to roll, before bloody Opal cars came out in Sydney, yep. you used to take your little train tickets home, mm-hmm. you'd slice it up, mm-hmm. make 40 roaches out of one of them. Yep. And you'd get very blazed. I would just light the green and I'd just sit back and hot box in my car. Yeah, me too. And I'd just all be filled with smoke and I'd also do Dutch ovens in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the sort of shenanigans that probably would go on within the town of Mystery, Alaska. Which is a fictional town 
set in that's in this movie. This movie is set in Mystery Alaska. <laughs> the movie is set in Mystery Alaska. It's also called Mystery Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, as we said, Mike is barely in it. We didn't really know that going yeah. in. We kind of thought this was going to be another Mike Myers drama. We thought it's a big hockey movie, hockey comedy drama, and yeah. Mike was going to just be one of the great townsfolk in this film. Turns out. You have to sit through two hours of the film <laughs> in order to catch a glimpse of Mike. So I'm a little bit unsure of what we're going to talk about when it comes mm. to this film. But maybe before we get there, yeah. how about we think about what we've watched so far? Let's yeah, take this a little is bit our, of a recap. Yeah, this is our first time catching up just the two of us. Yeah, I know. Another Spice Shake the reference. <laughs> uh, but it's, I, well, it's because I'm sick. We didn't want to get a, a, you know, a famous mate. All coughing up like me. No, no way. The last thing I wanted was to get someone famous sick. Yeah. The last thing I wanted. So what what have we watched so far? So we've start. So I think this is an appropriate point to catch up as well because this is 1999. Mm. This is kind of the end of the first film era of Mike Myers. This is um phase one, the end of phase yeah. one, much like the or MCU. Maybe, maybe the end of phase two because maybe if we think about Wayne's World... And so I made an axe murderer as phase one. What about, okay, Wayne's World, so I made an axe murderer, Wayne's World 2. We'll call that phase one. Yeah. Okay. And then obviously there's phase zero, which is SNL. Yeah. That's, that's Mike, that's Mike Myers just being born. Sure. That's when he's a little sperm, just <laughs> penetrating the over that is Lorne Michaels. Yes. Or the media. Yeah. And we're soaking that Pete's up. Pete's media. <laughs> Beats Media. Is that okay? So we started with Saturday Night Live. That's phase zero. Well, actually, we started with us just saying the names of the movies that he was in. <laughs> that doesn't count. Okay, that's a that's an episode nothing. Then we talked about all of his SNL things, and what we discovered through his SNL characters is that Mike is probably best when he is playing a character that delights in the exuberance of performance. Someone with joie de vivre. Yes. A Falstaffian character, if we want to get theatrical here. Or if we want to dumb it down, a horny character. Yeah, someone who's got a lust for life, and that means he's horny 24-7 because life is all around us, baby. Yeah, if you are tucking your little hard bone... Up under that your means belt, your penis. Yeah. By the way, guys, <laughs> you're tucking it up under that belt, and you're walking around life. People are going to notice that you are very cool and charismatic. People are going to know, <laughs> and then you're going to blow. <laughs> so, we're to- so the the characters that we talked about most in that is obviously Wayne Campbell, sure, from the Wayne's World series of sketches, absolutely. And that's a character that performs. He's literally a TV show host. Plus, he says swing. Uh-huh. A lot. Uh-huh. Uh, another character we talked about was Philip the Hyper Hypo. Love that kid. And uh, Philip really wants to kiss Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Spoiler alert, I actually have kissed Nicole Kidman. Are you kidding me? Yeah, dude. I lost my uh, kiss virginity to <laughs> Nicole Kidman. My mouth virginity to her. <laughs> Are you serious you kissed Nicole Kidman? Yeah, I made out with her. That's really... Not on, dude. What? That's not on. We're mates. You got to tell me that early on. No, I did it, man. It was so fun. Really? Yeah, it was the most fun. Where was this? The Logies? Mm, behind <laughs> the sports sheds. Okay. We went to school together. Really? Yeah. Okay, dude. that's yeah, yeah. really believable. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Hang on. What was her name again? <laughs> Nicole? Oh, wait, no. Her name's no. Al Nick? I made out with Antonia Kidman. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the center of one of the brown power ads. <laughs> I looked 
up with her there <laughs> on the set. Um, okay, so he was a bit of a horny character too. Then there was also Simon, who was in the bath naked with Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, who I thought was hot. Which is a very horny scene. Yeah, it's quite horny because it's these six-year-old boys or whatever. That, yeah, that's kind of, horny. Are you looking at my bum? Yeah. That's horny. See, that's that's like a child basically asking, do I make you horny? Yes. Are you looking at my bum? That is, I believe that that is Austin Powers really? as a child. And because he's British. Yes. He's British. And I think the name Austin Danger Powers is a spy name that was given to him. Yes, because Simon the Bath Boy was not a, a very good name for a spy. <laughs> no. Then we've got uh, Phase 1, which is Wayne's World through to Wayne's World 2. That yep. includes So I Married an Axe Murderer. And we we're pretty happy with Phase 1. I think there's... I loved it, Even yeah. though Wayne's World 2 is not quite as good as the, the original, that's still a pretty solid run. And Three it's, movies. And it's still an exploration of who Mike is, where he's at at that point in his life. That's more of a surreal film, how we talked about the, the original Wayne's World is quite... Uh, has a, some sort of groundedness in reality. Mm. There is a lot of verisimilitude there. Take, this one takes that kind of away and moves into a surreal state where Mike is kind of lost. He's lost his father at this point. It's really affecting him as a creative type. And he's there out there searching for answers. And sure, he's searching through them from a naked man, a native, na- a native naked American man. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see his butt. You see his butthole. Did you think it was a trifle unnecessary to see the crack in the Indian's bottom? I thought it was unnecessary, but baby, I'm glad it was there because part of this, this whole adventure is just seeing things, testing him out if they make us horny or if they just make us neutral. Yeah, and, and I felt pretty neutral about it. I think it made me neutral, but it just shows what progressive guys we are, that yeah. we can see that kind of thing and just stay stay cool. If and I can be honest, man, I was actually raised on that guy's crack. Really? You know? Yeah, I grew up watching that guy's crack. So <laughs> yeah. now when I see it, it's just like looking at air. Like I've just seen it forever. I know it. <laughs> yeah, you know? you're like, that's just that's just seeing an old mate again that yeah, I don't well, give a shit about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that phase also includes So I Married an Axe Murderer, which we famously disagreed on. And yes. then I famously backflipped once Will Anderson convinced me. Yeah, that's good. why we got him to do the pod because I was like, Cameron can't disagree with Will Anderson. <laughs> then phase two starts with Austin. Powers International Man of Mystery. Yes. That goes through to 54, The Thin mm-hmm. Pink Line, which we somehow watched. Yep. Hated. Pete's Meteor. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let's not. We don't need to dwell on it. Yeah, thank you. And then Austin Sorry, Powers, dude, The Spy Who Shagged Me, you which shagged brought me. your Moog Joe back. It brought me back, baby. It really, really brought me back. That was a movie that delighted me. I'm an empath. That's I'm true. I'm very susceptible to auras. That movie has a fabulous aura. I would say it's shagadelic. And now the film that we are up to, Mystery Alaska, I think brings us not only to the end of a decade, yep. but to the end of phase two. Mm-hmm. Because the very next film after this is Shrek. Yes. And that is the moment that Mike crosses over into his third iconic franchise. Yes. And I feel like that's a time when he he changes. He's starting to shed some things. He's starting to be a little more about the money than the yeah. art, possibly. We don't know yet. Not we to cast ex- aspersions exactly. or Asperger's, which we <laughs> might have. <laughs> we have been accused of it. Some people have said we're on the spectrum, yeah. and my first response was... I didn't read that I'm, paper. I'm more towards Dana than yeah. I am towards yeah. Mike. Where are you on the Kinsey spectrum? Well, Garth or Wayne? I think I'm more Wayne these days. Sure. sure. Swing. Swing, baby. Swing. swing. swing, swing. I swing between both, I would say. Yeah, that's because you're quite fluid. Yeah. yeah. I'd say that's probably out of all anywhere on the spectrum. That's probably more on the Shrek term. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
So because that's that's something that's a little bit more nuanced, a little bit more crazy. Yeah. And what have we learned about Mike in these two over these two phases, three if you count SNL of yeah. his career? What do you think we've learned? That he's gentle, and he's sensitive, mm-hmm. and he cares. He cares. He's an empath. I can spot an empath anywhere. <laughs> Name your celebrity, also if they're an empath. Do you think I'm an empath? No, nah, dude, you're cold and you've never once had joy in your eyes. Wow. Sociopath, huh? Uh, on the spectrum. On the spectrum? Yeah, you're somewhere between cat in the hat and <laughs> goal member on that spectrum. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I tell you what I've learned. I've learned that my- <laughs> I also said celebrity. <laughs> and your first, <laughs> your first instinct was, uh, me? Well, dude, I have a podcast. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I'd yeah. love to listen to it. Sometime. Yeah, I've got a couple of pods on the yeah, boil. Cool. What are they? Um, well, I told you about the sure thing. <laughs> yeah, Bally Shaw. Yep, uh, bald winners and bald loners, losers. <laughs> That's all about the Baldwin brothers. Yeah, which ones are winners and which ones are losers? And it might surprise you. <laughs> it might surprise you who's who. Yeah, I've got plenty of them. I really don't have time to get into it right now. <laughs> they sound really good. They, are they funny? No, dead okay. serious. That's good. In fact, I have another one uh, <laughs> yeah. that maybe we'll we'll get to later on in this episode. Okay. Yeah. What I've learned about Mike is that he is a man who works best when he is working to something of his own creative yeah. creation. Now, that could be... You know, even if it's not initially his, if it's mm. not his direction or if he's writing with other writers, yes. he works best when it's him driving the character. Yes. Or there's something that he can tap into that is essentially Mike. Yeah. And he can bring his own improv to it or yep. his own sort of like, you know, artistic integrity to it. Now, we've seen at this point in his career in phase two, he has decided to branch out a couple of times. Mm-hmm. 54, Pete's. Media, Pete's Meteor, <laughs> and to varied effect. Yes, those are two of his uh, very few branched out into dramatic territory. Yeah, and with something that he had very little creative input into. I'd say it seemed like he had more in 54. Yep. Like he at least crafted a character there. Pete's Media seems like he was really just taking direction and the, the direction dire- was bad. The director was no good because Mike is a great performer and he stunk up that whole movie. He stunk it. He stunk it up big time. But I tell you what, though, this film, Mystery Alaska, mm-hmm. as we just learned from watching it, Mike has a very small part in it. It's kind of a different type of movie that I've seen Jay Roach make before. Yes. But because Jay and him are such close collaborators, it seemed like there was a little more freedom with Mike than anyone yeah. else on the set. I think so, and I think part of this as well, uh, it's a, it's definitely a Mike character. This mm. guy is 100% Mike Myers in this film. Yeah. Because he plays a, talk, a like a TV host. Yeah. Like all these characters. It's sort of shot like an SNL sketch. Well, we should maybe we should get into what the movie is about, but I just wanted to say before we begin, that this is an interesting one because it's the end of a phase, it's yep. the end of a decade, and it's also one of the last times that we will see Mike do something that isn't his. Yes. There's only a handful of them left. There's a few. There's only a few. We're like almost at the halfway point of our journey. Yeah. And might I say before we continue, it's been an honor doing this podcast with you so far. Wow. It's been an absolute honor and it's a memory that I will treasure for as long as this heart beats and as long as this brain ticks. Jeez. Wow. Thank you for saying that. I wish dude, I could return the compliment. Dude, I was kidding. Oh, okay. Good, I, I good, good. I was kidding, Okay, dude. I get it. Don't tell everyone I'm crying. 
Are you crying? I uh, yeah. I thought you were just sweating heaps. Sorry, dude. It looks like your fucked eyes weeping. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a it's not a tear, dude. It's just it's just excrement. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what's going on? Yeah, it's not a tear, dude. It's just I exude stuff. That's crazy. It's liquid emotion. I'm so worried about it's you. It's not tears. <laughs> Why don't we play the trailer for Mystery Alaska? <laughs> Let's do it. It's definitely not tears. This is Mystery Alaska by Jay Roach from 1999. And while the trailer's playing, light up that Jay and smoke it down to the roach, baby. You've got 20 seconds. Here we go. John, every ex-player turned coach says they prefer coaching to playing. Because they can't play. What do you want this time? I come bearing the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers? In, in Mystery Alaska. To play against our boys. The NHL feels it'll be great publicity. I don't want to hear another word about a hockey game. We talked about this. Yeah, well, forgive me, Your Honor. I'm fat. We're playing these guys? We're selling this as a human interest story. The Mystery Boys. We don't know who they are or what they are. All we know is they have poor dental health and can skate like the wind. Mystery Alaska 1999. With Russell Crowe, Hank Azaria, and Burt Reynolds leading an incredible all-star cast, here's a fun, uplifting, action-packed story that everyone will love. A remote, hockey-obsessed town populated by 633 of the most eccentric characters you'd ever want to meet, mystery is the kind of place where nothing ever changes. But then life as they know it gets turned completely upside down. When a publicity stunt brings the world-famous New York Rangers and the national spotlight to mystery for a game with the local team of weekend warriors, the whole town rises to meet the challenge of a lifetime. Also starring Mary McCormick, Lolita Davidovich, in another critical favourite from the hit-making director of Austin Powers 1, and two, you'll stand and cheer as this ragtag bunch shows that nothing can melt their dreams of a miracle on ice. Wow. Unbelievable. Where the fuck was Mike in that synopsis? Well, he is the media that comes to town. I suppose he is. He's Pete's media that comes to town. <laughs> yep. And he ha- he gets that much screen time. He- he's on screen, I think, for about... About four or five minutes. It's a long. Not even. It's longer and more dynamic than we see in the thin pink line. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. But okay, so that's what it's about. It's a sports movie, basically. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, it's like Rocky meets the Mighty Ducks, essentially. These kind of yes. underdogs from nowhere get chosen for a publicity event to play the Rangers. And will they rise to the occasion or will they crumble under the weight of the public spotlight? That's yes. kind of what it is. And it's also a mix between uh, more TV show type stuff that we're used to. We kept on saying that this is definitely from that same uh, era of, t- even though this is a movie, mm. it feels more like TV. It's pre- it's written by David E. Kelly, who yep. did Ally McBeal. Ally McSqueal. Boston Practice, Boston Legal, Boston Public, Boston Commons, Boston Translation. Boston Cream Pie. Yeah. <laughs> Boston Baked Beans. Um, all different kinds of Boston shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, David E. Kelly's a TV writer. This does play like TV. There's so many 
storylines. Yes, this feels like we binge watched a season of a TV show. Like we we come to this small town, population six hundred and thirty three. I feel like we spent time with every single one of the oh, characters, and they all had a little arc. And also because. Everyone is so white in this movie. Mm. There's only three people I remembered. Everyone just looks the same. There are some Native American people there. There are some Inuit people there, yes. but they are for. I mean, for an area that is largely an Inuit area, mm. they they have no screen time. No, we'll have screen time and no lines, no dialogue, no audio time. Yeah, bizarre, right? It's kind of odd. So I feel like it was written, it feels as if it was written like a feature-long pilot yeah. for a TV series that would have maybe gone for like an hour and 20 and would have set up all these storylines yeah. that then had to be paid off over a series. But they came to a conclusion. And that conclusion was, this would make a terrible TV <laughs> show. Oh, I think it would have made an okay TV show because it comes out around that era Post Twin Peaks, where Twin Peaks being this quirky genre, um, a- like adaptation, it's basically used uh, as it's a mix between a noir and a uh, quirky small town thing. Mm. And they kind of bring that together to create like this weird subversive TV series. And that kind of it developed into shows like Northern Exposure, mm. where it's a small town show where there's a little bit of magic. And then here in Australia, our own kind of small town shows with stuff like Sea Change. Yeah, you said multiple times during this film that it reminded you of Sea Change. Oh, it reminded me so much of Sea Change. Just because it is a small town that feels lived in, all the characters know mm-hmm. each other. And even all the characters that are authority figures, the judge, the yep. mayor, the local sheriff. Well, also set in the courtroom. Yeah. Most of the movie, it's meant They're to be a sports movie. They're all just kind of like people that know each other from around the town and yeah. have seen each other be drunk and vomit and they're fucking each other's wives and all this kind of shit. Yeah, it's sea change. It is sea change. And uh, Bob Jelly's there. Bob Jelly's there. Bob Catter's there. Yeah. Uh, Sigrid. Our Sigrid is there. Who, Kevin. by the way, I made out with. You made out with Sigrid? Yes. Wait, what? Sigrid Thornton? No, <laughs> I meant Dave Thornton. <laughs> okay. He's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, he's pretty cool. I actually made out with cigarettes. Cigarettes. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty yum, actually. Really? Everyone out there, please smoke cigs. Stuff one in your face. Light it up. Don't spin it out with weed. You're going to fuck up the tobacco if you do that. <laughs> But so it's that kind of small town show, and that's why it felt more like TV because we're yeah. meeting so many characters, and they've all got these arcs, they've all got these relationships, they've all, they've got everything. They're like fleshed out, but TV characters where nothing really changes by the end of the film. No, and it felt to me that David E. Kelly had thought of this as his entry into that style of TV, like the Northern Exposure type show, but he. Came up with a complete storyline. If it's a sports, I think sports is hard to adapt for TV. We've done it, seen it done quite well with Friday Night Lights and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it's usually it's hard to come up with something like what's next. They just play another game. Yeah, I know. Especially when the storyline that you're trying to tell is an underdog story, because it's all like any level of victory is already a satisfying ending yes. for that kind of story. Like with Rocky, you know, he loses, but he rose to the challenge and he lasted all rounds. Mm-hmm. Or in the Mighty Ducks, they got to the playoffs or whatever it is. Yeah. And this one is the same thing. Like it just, it does end with one of those non-victories that is a moral victory. Mm-hmm. And I think once you reach that point as a writer, it's like, where can I take it? Who cares? Like yeah. this is all anyone wanted to see. 
no one wants to see the next game or one of the guys gets scouted and taken to the Rangers or something like that because yeah. we've already got closure. The team rose to the challenge and they played honorably. Yeah. That's it. End of story. Finito. Credits. No tags after the credits. We're done here, guys. Light up a spliff, walk out to the car park, get into your car, start the engine, keep on smoking. Put the pedal to the metal. Get the fuck out of there. Go home. Get out of mystery. Get back home to New York City. And you know what? While you're there, have a hot dog. Live your life again there. But we're not watching anymore. No, I don't want to see it anymore. I'm done. You're allowed to live, but we don't give a shit. Okay, (laughs) brother? We're watching the black mirror of the TV screen now, reflecting on our own lives. Okay, dude? We're here sitting. What have we done? What have we done? We just watched a movie for two hours. Now, you know what I would watch? a sequel of and that is Mike Myers character in this Mm. film so we talked about a lot of shit just then not Mike Myers at all because (laughs) Mike Myers is in this for maybe three maybe four three or four minutes yeah he pops up in the final probably half hour of the film he plays a sportscaster who is reporting on the game in a sort of fake CNN type show or a, you know, like your regular sports panel show he like plays- a wide world of sports kind yeah. of like a Sturlow type <laughs> yeah he's kind of half fatty half Sturlow half the other guy yeah he's got a bit of Falcon a little bit of uh Chief I love Falcon he comes we go to the same cafe every morning so I see him there all the time <laughs> really yeah and I always want to say hi to him <laughs> you love him I love Falcon He's a good rep- he's a good representation for you know wogs. <laughs> so I look up to him. Anyone that was a good representation for when I was a kid that it's okay to be a wog. Yeah. I don't need to wipe my face up anymore. No way. I don't need to pretend to talk like an Aussie kid. I can use my own accent at school. Sure. Like I would go to school every day and be like, "Hey guys, what a pleasure it is to hang out here with you boys. Let's chuck the footy around and you know eat a pie, eat a sausage roll." But really, you just wanted to wrap a kebab around going, that sausage Boys, roll. let's have a souvlaki, dude. <laughs> and then I got to be myself. So thank you so much to Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Fennec? <laughs> Mario Fennec, dude, really meant a lot to me. I would really like to similarly thank the chief, Paul Harrigan, <laughs> for being a good representation of white people for me. Because yeah. as a young man, I didn't know how to act. And then I saw him on the NIB ads dancing yeah. around. I saw him on the footy show saying that's tops yeah. or that's gold or whatever it was. And also he lived down the road from me. Yeah. And so I used to go down to his house and knock on his door and ask for his <laughs> autograph a lot. Probably True. every, yeah, probably every like three months. That's so I'd get him to sign something else. You used to, you told me as well, you're really influenced by um, Dr. Harry from Dr. Harry's practice. Yeah, I love Dr. Harry. What yeah. about him drew you, what drew you <laughs> Dr. Harry as a young white boy trying to be influenced by, um, you know, your role models out there? You know, he can talk with the animals, walk with the animals. <laughs> he can squawk he with can them. He can squawk with the animals. Yeah. If they're birds. Yeah, if they're birds, he won't muck around for the other ones, guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I saw an episode of Dr. Harry's practice where he euthanized a guinea pig. <laughs> it was actually really funny. Oh, good. But anyway, back to Mike Myers' character in this. Yeah, he He's a media personality. Donnie Schultzhofer. And I think this is pure Mike Myers, because like we said, he's playing a guy that's a TV host, yep. like Linda Richmond, like Wayne Campbell, like Dieter, like Simon, mm-hmm. like... 
the Japanese guy from the game <laughs> show where Chris Farley gets his dick electrocuted. The problematic one. Yeah. Yeah. He he is on camera, so he is allowed to be as big as he can be. He can be he can goof it up. And I think this is a character very near and dear to Mike's heart. We know Mike is a very proud Canadian guy. Sure. And this he's a he's got a book called Canada. It's out now in Canada, but we can't get it. It costs too much for postage. <laughs> Someone please buy it for us. <laughs> Guys, Alexi has already spent upwards of $400 on this podcast. Yeah. It's all visual stuff. So it's nothing see. that you can't, hear, you can't hear it, okay? You can't hear it on the air. Right now, I'm wearing a gold chain that says gold member on it. I'm fully blinged out as gold member, and I'm on the fat bastard diet. <laughs> but we see Mike, he's a proud Canadian, and this is definitely some sort of character that we can see him being inspired by in real life. Yeah. Uh, a sort of larger-than-life sportscaster, and I believe that this is based on somebody as well. It's based on a kind of real-life sportscaster figure. Don Cherry. So who is Don Cherry? Don Cherry's just some cool-ass bloke who is a <laughs> Canadian ice hockey character for CBC Television. Um, CBC, man, is a Canadian broadcasting channel in uh, Canada. That's really cool. Yeah, so he plays a, a kind of parody of this mm. sportscaster. And I don't know who Don Cherry is. I've never seen footage of mm. Don Cherry. But from what... This looks like it seems like a, an impression. Yeah, he's got curly hair in it. It's yeah. Are we are we oh, let's be honest. When he first came on screen, we were both checked out, looking at our phones, and we're like, "Oh shit, here he is! We've got to rewind it." We round we round back because it was the first point in the film that something felt funny and also fake. Yes, it's a pretty like real movie. I mean, the, the Russell Crowe's the lead, you know, like he, yeah. he doesn't do big, broad comedies. So the whole film felt very you know, he's real, a big very, <laughs> very tonally consistent. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we heard this really hammy Canadian accent blasting at mm. us from the TV. Oh, hello there. You got this. And we, we both snapped upwards. It was yeah. Mike. Mike, baby. And, and he looked felt- like he was in Dr. Evil makeup. With a wig. With a wig on. He With... James Kahn's wig. He <laughs> chucked it on. This little curly fro. It looks great. Um, uh, it, it's. I, I like this performance a lot mm. because it's that whole thing that we talk about Mike Myers. He's best when he's channeling something yeah. and channeling something that is near and dear to him. Hockey is really important to him. He would have grown up seeing this guy on the TV. Mm. And so it's him taking that influence the same way he did with Austin Powers, putting all the love of everything his dad loved mm. and honoring his father. And it's kind of the same thing he does with Wayne's World. He's honoring his childhood with this yeah. film, his own upbringing. And what he's doing is a classic SNL type impression where he's taken some elements of the real yeah. and then dialed them all up to 11 mm-hmm. to the point where he's... Speaking of dialing up to 11, Michael McKean's also in this <laughs> movie right. from Spinal Tap. He's, uh, he's kind of using fake jargon mm. to be a sportscaster with, and that's pretty funny. It's yes. what you could imagine that if this was on SNL and this was a recurring character, this crazy over-the-top jargon that could not be real would yes. become catchphrases. That's oh, for sure. He's saying things like, they're ticking, they're tacking, they're towing. Like, he's making up all these bullshit. Ah, uh, jeez, I want to adopt these kids. Yeah, like, th- this would be a character that he would do again and again if, we, if he was still on SNL. But alas... He was taken from us. Or if this was a TV series. Sure. We'd see him pop up again. You know, that would be great. Sure. And maybe pop up 
in more ways than one because yes. this character, I can confirm, is horny. Yes, baby. The, we're ending the era and I was worried that we weren't going to have... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Say, we're going to say, we can't definitely say if this character is horny. But he is very horny. Baby. This character, he's on, he's on camera within the film mm-hmm. for pretty much his entire screen time, yes. but for one scene. Where yes. he is back in the makeup chair and he asks a young Hank Azaria. Yes, well, Hank Azaria is the exact same age. <laughs> Hank Azaria has been the same age forever. Hank Azaria is 38. Always. If you ask me what year he was 38, I'll say every year, baby. The guy's, <laughs> the guy's crazy. He got to 38 and was like, that's all right for me. He got there a little too early. So he's like, he got to stay as 38 for the rest of his career. And that's really good on him. That's really good on him. <laughs> And it looks good on him as well. He, yeah, he's a good 38. Um, I'm 38 too. In the waist, babe. Oh, wow. What do you mean? 38 inches oh, the waist. Cool, so if anyone wants dude. to buy me pants. Hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why do you think I like 38-year-olds? I'll answer it. There's 30 <laughs> of them. God, what was I saying? <laughs> so, so, so he's, he's horny. horny. How do we know he's, he's horny? horny? Because he asks a young 38-year-old Hank Azaria. Yes. He says, mate, do you know anywhere in this town that I can get a rub and a tug? And that, of course, refers to getting a massage. From a masseuse or a masseur. A or professional. a Dr. Seuss. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Much like Mike would go on later to star as Dr. Seuss's character, the cat in that Absolutely. Hat. But while you're getting that massage, yes. the masseuse or masseur reaches around. To your dick. To your dick. <laughs> they make it hard. They make it hard with their hand. They use their fingers if they have to. If they need to stick it down there, they can. Yeah. And then they, t- they rub. And they, tug. and they tug. The tug is in reference to when you get a little boner down there, sure. you tug on it. You tug on it a bit. <laughs> First, out of fear. How do I get this thing off my body? Where, where did it come did from? Did I get bit? Yeah, what happened? I've got to try and get the poison here? out. <laughs> and you're trying to squeeze the poison out. And then when the poison comes out, 
It feels so good. It actually feels really nice. It feels so really I understand good. why he would want to go get a rubble tug. Because <laughs> yeah. like, it will feel really good, especially out there in the cold. You need something to warm you up. Sure. So he asks Hangazaria. Hangazaria doesn't answer. Yes. It's, it's open-ended. So we don't know whether Mike's character ended up getting that rubble tug. He might still be horny to this day. How else is he going to relieve his horniness? I don't know. Maybe. Let's speculate. Maybe build a snowman. Maybe a suck and fuck. Yeah, you get a suck and fuck. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I can't think of anything else that rhymes. There are only two options to relieve your horniness. Maybe Robin a pay and or lay. suck and fuck. Or pay and lay. <laughs> sure. Um, that's where you pay someone to lay down with you and you just spoon. Yes? Yes. Cool. But then you ejaculate. Okay. Them. All right. And it's interesting that this kind of. Talk. This borediness happens backstage. The reason we're being so dirty today, guys, is because the entire film is littered with this kind of conversation. This is a movie about boys being boys being yes. boys banging girls. There's a lot of rooting going along and a lot of people talking about who they've rooted, what it felt like to ejaculate. Uh, is it nice? Does it feel cool? Does it make me feel happy? Does it make me feel horny? Yeah. Do I make you horny? Can I ask you a question? Yes. Did you get horny during this film? A little bit. A little sure. bit, dude. Can I guess which scene yeah, it was? Yeah, babe. That was the scene where young Stevie, 38 mm-hmm. years old, goes into the car with his girlfriend. They've never done it yet. Yes. She offers to root him because she wants to celebrate. He's his on victory. the cusp of fame or something is what she feels. And she's like, if I don't put out. He's going to pull out it's pretty of sad. this relationship. And so he reluctantly, because he's a bit nervous, mm-hmm. agrees. And then she puts the condom on him and he, what do you know, <laughs> squirts his gut right away. <laughs> That's true. And there's something about that scene that, that that kind of nervousness does make me horny. Sure, of course. When there's two people bumbling around and you yeah. know it's the first time and... Oh, and it's I in love a snow it when klutzes get down to it. That's one of my favorite things. Like, oh, sorry, no, sorry, oh, sorry, oh, oh sorry. <laughs> that was audio footage from Alexi's first time. <laughs> yeah, um, I was, was watching the video of it, <laughs> and TBH made me Randy. Really cool. Yeah, really, really, cool. really cool. Nice to meet you, Randy. Is that funny? <laughs> no, no, it's bad. Okay. So that's the that's the horny moment of the film, I'm guessing, for you? Yeah, I think so. For you, you get horny? Mm, no. You're allowed like... to say yes. Okay, yes. Okay. <laughs> no, no, not really. I think that scene came close. And then the other one was um, when there's a character in this film called Skank. Yeah. That's his name. His name is Skank. Which I think... He's the Pepe Le Pew of the movie. Yeah, I think he's the character that you'd go, all right, this would be like a kind of... Uh, this would be like a Stifler type. Yeah. Which came out, in fact, American Pie came out the same year. Yeah. One of the horniest years in history. You got The Spy Shaggy, one of the horniest movies sure. ever made. You got this littered with the talk of boys hanging out backstage <laughs> at sports games. <laughs> you think You think it's called backstage? Sports yeah, it's events? called backstage. You know, you get changed. You chat about the show, how it's going. The wings as well. You get go stand on the wings yeah, and wait. and you wait for them to call you out on wait stage. Wait for curtain call. Yeah, you're just hanging out there, having a chat, having a laugh with the boys. And then uh, it's all we've got, American Pie. Yeah. American Beauty. That's about a horny bloke. Yeah, absolutely. He fantasizes about horniness. Yeah, totally. And uh, this guy, Skank, would be a stifler type. He's, he's the hound dog of the mm. group. 
He's always rooting. The first time he comes into the room, to the locker room, he's bragging about some broad that he rooted. And they use the term locker room talk throughout this whole film. It's probably the second word that... The, the first thing that happens in this film is we see a little kid that says, fuck you, to Russell Crowe. To his own dad. His own papa. Which must have upset Russ. And Russ is a really great bloke. He's one of the best blokes. He's a great guy. So he he's like, where'd you learn that? And the other kid's like, we learn that kind of stuff in the locker rooms. And now, in this day and age, locker room talk is all the hubbub that's going on around the entire world right now. Look, on all the message boards that I frequent, mm-hmm. um, altright.com, yeah. trumpbros.biz, yeah. cool hair boys, um, we, <laughs> we love locker room talk. Yeah. All we do is locker room talk. I don't think it's appropriate. I think it's the kind of talk that should happen behind closed doors. Yeah, in the locker room. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, then. we talk about shagging, rooting, squirting. Yeah. Squawking. Yeah, Dr. Harry. You reckon he talks, <laughs> reckon he talks to the animals down at the back? Yeah, well, he goes, Backstage. that's what he talks to them about, about all the different roots that they have. Yeah, and like, what style do you like? Let me guess, doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> and this movie is littered with it. In fact, the whole movie seems to be about boys just being boys. Yeah. And what happens when you break the code of of boy talk? Or break the code of a boy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Skank, in fact, gets his chode broke. <laughs> he does. He At one his... point in the movie, he gets hit in the ghoulies <laughs> with a hockey puck. And he's very upset because his whole identity hinges on the amount of rooting that he does. And he loves it. Loves to root. At one point he says, my two favorite things to do in this town are playing hockey and fornicating because they're the most fun things to do in the cold. Because they feel, they both make me feel really nice. (laughs) And I really like that feeling of niceness, wherever it be physical or emotional. Often I actually have trouble finding emotions with women and it just feels nice physically. And you would think that Skank, after he gets his chode broke, would maybe have an emotional change towards the end of the movie, but he doesn't. In fact, he just gets rooted again. He loves rooting. He's all sad, and then this lady comes up and says, I've got three hours before I have to go. And then yeah. she walks away, and he starts cackling. Speaking of Rudy, Tutti Fruity or Rudy. <laughs> Mike Myers has a cameo in this film. And it's quite exciting for us. Immediately, all the bluster from his cameo is stripped away from him by having one of the original horniest dudes in history. Probably the first guy that was horny, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. Little Richard. Little Richard. Does a cameo in this film. One of the most famous men in history. He's a bloody alien. He's One a of the king. inventors of rock and roll. He is. He's the godfather. And he he his cameo... Probably more charismatic than Mike's. Well, he's one of the most charismatic dudes ever, and he's so funny in this film as well. He has one line in the in the trailer where it, the it's like not a trailer for a film, more like a trailer for a film set, and he's hanging out back there with this leopard print uh, snuggie. snuggie, basically a snuggie. <laughs> and Cole Meany comes in. He asks him for something. He's like, "I'm cold." He's cold, but he sells it, baby. Yeah. And then he comes out and sings the national anthem. And Both American and Canadian. And it's to say, it's to, he's bloody putting time out there. So those bloody New York Yankos 
get cold. Because they're not used to the cold. So he sings long and slow in order for the Rangers to get freezing out mm. there on the ice. And he looks great. He's wearing like robes, like king robes. He's wearing king robes. He's got all purple on. He's got this silver headband around his head. He's cool. And he's blasting out the national anthos. And I'm just like rock hard. If you want to get rock hard, horny babies, if you feel like it, look up on Wikipedia. Little Richard has an entire section dictated to uh, sexual orientation, and it is a horny read. The guy is, he's horny up into this day right now. Where's he on the spectrum? Sorry, the spectrum. He's his own thing. Yeah. He's got his own thing going on. He's somewhere between Little Richard and Big Richard. Yeah. And it depends what kind of night he's having. Okay. It's kind of, he's kind of probably between Prince and David Bowie on the spectrum. Absolutely. So you were telling me some of the things that this horny dude loves to do. It loves to be cucked. He likes (laughs) cucking. He used to hang out with his girlfriend when he was a teenager. He'd already been with boys and girls as a teen. Yeah. And he used to. Uh, they used to pick up men and she would have sex with them in the car and he'd just be there having a little peeky poo. That's cool. See, on the boards that I frequent, we often talk about cucks. And do you think they're cool? I actually think they're cool. I've come around on them. Um, I started out thinking they were lame and unsexy, but now I think they're the coolest, sexiest things in the world. I'm going to cuck myself. <laughs> okay, dude. Mm. Well, <laughs> is there anything else that we could say about Mike Myers here? Probably not, because that's it. He's in this movie. It's a Russell Crowe movie, and he just happens to have a part. We should probably maybe just talk about Russell Crowe. Well, I don't think we've got what it takes to talk about Russ. I actually happen to know a couple of dudes that have a Russell Crowe-themed podcast. Maybe we could just play one of their episodes about Mystery Alaska. Okay, sure. Yeah, okay. What's it called again? It's called As the Crow Flies. Yeah, and it's about his rise to his, his... from his start to his finish, and he's yeah. not finished yet. From his, it's his journey <laughs> from Aussie to Tinseltown mm-hmm. as the crow flies. Well, we're very lucky to have this podcast be part of our one. It's part of our network, <laughs> yeah, niche networks. <laughs> All right, this is it right now. Please enjoy this episode of As the Crow Flies. All about Mystery Alaska. Cheers to you. Cheers to mates. Cheers to movies, cheers to first dates. <laughs> From Brides of Christ to guys who are nice, it's As the Crow Flies. G'day guys, we're talking about our favourite actor of all time, Aussie legend Russell Crowe, Rusty himself. One of the one of the most famous actors of all time. He's really, really great. Um, I'm My name is... <laughs> my name is Wogger. Wogger. <laughs> well, my name's Alexi Wogger, Toliopolis, and uh, I'm joined here by my most uh, famous mate. It's, uh, g'day everybody, it's me, uh, Cameron Dog Turd James. <laughs> yeah, what's up, Dogger? Dogger and Wogger, we're here with you, we're chatting all about Russo's, Russo's modern life tonight, and this is, um, this is the only podcast within a podcast <coughs> that is all about one man's journey from Tinsel to no, from Aussie Land to Tinseltown. And yeah. buddy, it's been a good ride, hasn't it? Well, you've had a great time. We're up to the year 1999, and this is the year <laughs> that Russ really broke out onto the world stage. 1999 is the year that he got his first. He got his first. <laughs> <laughs> he got his first Oscar nomination. Oh, what was that for, then, mate? Yeah, well, the nom was for a little movie called The Insider, directed by Michael Mann. 
Now, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't mind being insider. <laughs> well, that's really inappropriate, mate. Oh, sorry, mate. Well, it's not that kind of show. What okay? kind of show is it? All right, listen, we've been warned. We've been warned by the bosses that we're having too much bawdied bloke humour. Yeah. So we've got to kind of, you know, do some of that weird shit that a lot of podcasters do, you know, characters. Nah. And talk about weird stuff ironically, you know. We can't tell our real opinions on these. We've got to do a subversion about what is stuff that we frown upon. I've actually been doing uh, working on a character that is a has a podcast all about Mike Myers. <laughs> well, that's pretty fucked. Yeah, I might do it later on in the Why show. Why would anyone do that? <laughs> I don't know. The guy's made like 24 movies. Russ has made 500 flicks. I'm actually looking through his um, Insta, instant movie database. What's yeah, internet movie, movie database? <laughs> internet movie database is a really great research guy uh, resource. If you want to learn about films... Over the IMDb top 250, check them out. There's some really good shit in there. My favourite film is um, one of the top 250. That is Gladiator, which came out the following yeah, year. Yeah, and I bet he's one. Gladiator too. Yeah. Oh, Gladiator. Oh, that's not the kind of stuff we should be doing anymore. <laughs> but- Guys, I just want to put a retraction in there. He may, he may be glad that he ate her, <laughs> but we're not going to be... That's his own business. That's her business too. But it's not for us to speculate upon anymore. If he if he did eat her, that's between him and her and her pussy. That is between <laughs> it's between the three of them. And if they want, if he wants to talk about it with his mates, he's allowed to. Okay, but- sorry, or asshole, because he could have eaten her ass. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. I'm just going to say that's what it's between the four of them. Yeah, well, you Gregor, you raise a good point. You're raising a re- really good I'm point. I'm actually raising a good point in my pants right now. Okay. Sorry, that's, that's the last one. That's, yeah, we got to get it. Guys, we've got to get it out of our system. Yeah, and speaking of getting it out of my system, I'm going to get this calm <laughs> out of my system right now. All right. Well. Oh, fap, 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 <laughs> squirt. Oh, come on, mate. Come on, mate. Get off it. Oh, I just did. Okay. <laughs> this is a good show, isn't it? It's a really good show. We're a couple of uh, rabbit heads over here, so... <laughs> We're talking about Russ, about his influence on cinema, not just on the sports field. And this is one of the few sports movies that Russ has been in. It is one of the few, isn't it? Yeah, he hasn't done many others. Um, Gladiators won, obviously, because that is about the greatest sport of all, which is man fighting man. (laughs) And killing each other. And, you know, that's, you know, we talk about bringing back the Biff, but I don't want to bring the Biff back that much where we cut a guy up. Or get a lion on a guy. Sure, I'd love to verse the Lions. They're a team. <laughs> Brisbane Lions, I guess. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. it's true. The Rabbitohs would defeat them, but I wouldn't want the real Lions coming out after us. That would be very scary. When I watch that movie Gladiator, I often imagine that I am a gladiator and I'm out there and I see Joaquin Phoenix and I just fucking deck him. And you're like, what are you? You're a real actor? I'm like, what the fuck are you, you rapping cunt? I'm going to fucking stab your guts out with my fucking knife. All right. And I rip his guts out and I hang him by his own guts. Yeah, is that ironic, mate? Yes. That's funny. That's really funny, mate. Really funny stuff, brother. Irony's the best. Now, some other sports movies that he's been in, obviously, 310 to Yuma, yeah, um, American a- Gangster, Noah. The Mummy, which Noah. is coming out next yeah, year. Yeah, I'm Noah in the biblical sense. That's one of my bits when I used to do stand-up about Russ. When I used to open for Russ back in the old days, I could do stand-up. Oh, that's got to be the last one. Um, and yeah, probably Brides of Christ. It's pretty clever bit, funny. though. Let it me tell you, it's a pretty clever bit because biblical, Noah's a character from the Bible, also means uh, code for, you know, getting your rocks off. <laughs> that's right. But we're here to talk about mystery in Alaska, I guess. And uh, the great mystery for me is why wasn't this film longer? 
There should have been more running time. I mean, we've got time. Yeah, I've got nothing but time. I'm Honestly, unemployed. I've got more Russ in there. I could have had, you know, they should have just named him Russ. Yeah, because sometimes I do get confused. When, he, when they're calling him John, I'm like, who's this John? Who's this John? And I think if they'd called him Russ, he'd have less to think about. He'd have more time to just do a good accent the whole time. Yeah, because his accent, let's be honest, was all over the map on this yeah. one. And he's the Irish map of the here. World. He's bloody Canadian there. He's Russian there. He's Aussie. Yeah, he's where's bo- he rushing to, huh? There? <laughs> probably, yeah, probably to bed with his missus. Oh, good on him. Good yeah, on him. Nah. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that is funny. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, you know, if they just call him Russ, he could be Aussie. He could be Aussie like you and me. Yeah, two good blokes. Two good Aussies. And we're, we are good blokes. We've got a couple of daughters. We share them. <laughs> what do you mean we share them? We just, we got custody of each other's kids. Did we? <laughs> yeah, we did. And we're really good fathers together. We actually did, um, we did, uh, we did strange bedfellows it. So we're not, we're not weird. We're not weird, but we did get married for a tax loophole. Yeah. It was so funny. It was really funny. Michael Caton there, Paul Ogan there, uh, Chuck and Larry are there too. All the blokes are there. So it was, we, we, all, we all, it was just so we could have our own kids. We actually invited um, Tofog to play at yeah. the ceremony, but they declined. <laughs> yeah. Very impolitely, I will say. Yeah. 30 odd foot of grunts. Really great bands. We made a joke on the day. We said more like 30 odd foot of cunts. And we didn't, we met, okay, we, I was going to say we didn't mean that, but I'd be very dishonest, and I'm a very honest bloke. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Yeah, you got a tattoo. It says yeah. mum in it. Yeah, exactly. And I usually don't wear sleeves, so the heart is just beating out there. Yeah. After all, I am an empath. <laughs> I got a lot of feelings. Yeah, I put on this tough facade, but I'm actually very emotional bloke, and I'm actually tearing up now thinking about our beautiful daughters. Your fucked eye looks like it's <laughs> leaking, actually. Sorry, mate. Yeah, I've only got, only got one eye. Yeah. I put a plug in the other one. <laughs> I put a little cork a cork in the other eye so people don't get freaked out about it. But um, I'm really, um, really, I think when I think about our daughters, Ra and Selcrow, I, um, <laughs> I, get, I get worked up. And uh, so I just, yeah, so that's why we said that. 30-odd foot of cunts. But there's still the grunts to us and... Uh, They'll always be the grunts. Yeah, they will all thirty odd foot of them. I reckon. Yeah, a lot of members of that band. Yeah, I listen. I. What's you're up, getting mate? emotional. I'm getting emotional too. Yeah, yeah, me too. I get emotional when I think about Russ because this is a guy who has battled his way across Hollywood. Yeah, he's battled. He had it tough. He had it tough, and he's even had it tough when he's there. I was just reading uh, on um, internet.com the other day that <laughs> <laughs> that um. In 2005, our Russ yep. told GQ magazine, which must be some kind of fucking... Geek. Geek mag. Yeah, geek. That's what it stands for. That's how you spell geek. That during the 73rd Academy Awards in yep. 2001, the FBI revealed to him that Al-Qaeda had a plan to kidnap Russell Crowe. What? That's fucked, mate. That's what I said. If, if they take him, I'm going to go in. You'll go after Al-Qaeda? I'll go after him. I'll go after the bloke. I'll save him, mate. And I not- mean, I'll go off that bloke, Al. <laughs> Whoever he is. Yeah. By the way, guys, Al-Qaeda, hardly know it. But anyway, <laughs> we're not doing that kind of stuff anymore. But I think, just have to say that one. You know, you tee it up for me. I'm not going to freaking strike it out. Russell Crowe told GQ that this was the first time he'd ever even heard of Al-Qaeda. Yeah. I mean, he, he probably would have said something Wait, like... Wasn't he in the same... Wasn't he in the insider with the guy? Al-Qaeda? Insider. I barely know her. <laughs> 
Is it the guy that Italian block Al Qaeda? Oh no no no! You're thinking of Al Pacino. Oh, Cappuccino. Yeah, I get him confused. <laughs> anyway, that's I don't actually get him confused. So can you, can We're you doing that ironic that? stuff for you podcast yeah. blokes out there. Apparently, nerds love this shit. I don't know. I don't can know. you imagine our Russ up against Al Qaeda? I can imagine Russ doing anything. You seen Robin Hood? Yeah. Well, he's not actually from that time, but he could do it, and I believe it. I reckon he would have probably um, taken Al Qaeda down with a phone. <laughs> yeah. Remember when he threw that phone? He does have a lot of anger issues, Al Russ, but that's why he's a great actor. He can channel it all. Yeah. Um, so we talked about Mystery Alaska today uh, on the podcast. It's a sports movie starring the hero of the Rabbitohs, Mr. Russell Crowe, great Australian actor. And um, join us next week on our podcast. We're going a little further back to one of his Aussie films, The Some of Us. Don't know what it's about, but I reckon he's great in it. I reckon uh, some of us might get laid between now so. and then. Oh, I can't wait to see him play an Aussie bloke again. You know what? Real Before we man. go, do you mind if I just quickly try out one of my characters? Yeah, I'd love to hear it. All right. Um, I might let you have a go at doing one too. Yeah, I'm going to sure. do uh, this character's name's uh, Cameron James. And Sounds he, like a funny bloke. Yeah, actually. he's a funny bloke and he loves Mike Myers. He's got a whole podcast about okay. Mike Myers. Okay. Welcome back to Mike Check with Cameron James and Alexi Toliopoulos. I'm Filling Cameron in James. For Alexi's Wagga. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought Alexi was going to be here. Sorry, mate. I'm still here. Oh, Wagga. Can you, can you please bring Alexi back? All right. I'll see you later, blokes. And remember, keep on cacoring like the crow. Calm the crows. All right, laters. You hear, you, you hear Lex? Hang on. I'll go get him. All right. I'm going to go this get him. This is taking ages. Sorry. Hey, Cameron. Hey, man. Where the fuck were you? Sorry, I was doing a turd. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Wagga was here. Did you see him on the way out? Yeah, related to the guy. Really? Yeah. He doesn't sound like a wog at all. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, he's funny. Is he one of those guys who maybe... It puts on an Aussie accent to sort of so. fit in a little bit. I mean, Waleed talked about that kind of stuff a lot at the Logies this year. Yeah. And um, it has been a real problem for my people. Absolutely. <laughs> for a long time. Sure. And where we use fake names to kind of get good careers. Yeah. I mean, Waleed Ali, one of the funniest guys. He's really funny. I'm opening for Waleed <laughs> soon. At Sydney Comedy Festival, you can buy tickets online. <laughs> Um, what? It's called Where's Waleed And he wears um, It's like a, It looks The poster looks like Where's Wally Yeah but It's Waleed Ali I get it And it's Yeah it's I advised him against it <laughs> But he went for it Well uh, Honestly I can't wait To check it out um, But to be honest I probably can't make it That's fine <laughs> It'll probably sell out It's actually a really big Opportunity for me Yeah Have fun I guess Good luck I don't have fun at gigs. I crush them. Oh, cool, man. That's exciting for you. Dude, I was kidding. I'm bombing. <laughs> I love to bomb. Awesome. That's awesome. I'm a big fan of people who bomb. Um, so let's check this movie, Mystery Alaska. Well, speaking of bombs, I think this movie was one. <laughs> yeah, I think um, if we had, if this had been the first average movie that we'd seen, I would be like, this is openly a bomb. But after Pete's Meteor... And uh, the thin pink line, and thin pink line. Mm. It's like at least this feels like a real movie. Yeah, that's even though true. it feels more like a TV show than a movie. Yeah. So you then- were saying that it felt like a Jay Roach movie, and you were saying that with the confidence of someone who could tell me what a Jay Roach movie was. And then I if it came on the TV, yeah, I, you can you can tell a Jay Roach film from just one frame. 
<laughs> it has to have Mike Myers in it, that frame, for you to be able to pick that. <laughs> and he has to be movie. as Austin Powers. Yeah. <laughs> or you got to see Benny Stiller, you know, just hanging out there with in Robert In character De Niro. as Gaylord Fokker. Yeah, <laughs> with <laughs> Mr. Bob De Niro, who plays himself in that, in that movie. And he's, and he's going, he says, I've got nipples, can you milk me? Yeah. And he certainly did milk me. <laughs> now, let's check it. I think it's... um. It's okay. It's an okay movie. It's not one that I would just recommend to watch. Mm. I don't know what I would recommend for it then. I don't even know if I can say it's okay. It wasn't bad. Definitely not. Mm. It was maybe a bit boring. I thought yeah. it was going to be more of a sports movie than it was. It's more courtroom movie. We yeah. spend more time in court than It's all about else. red tape and just the town figuring out how to do admin for an event. Mm. Like them trying to figure out how to get trucks into places and- how to stage a big like hockey game. It's really kind of, I mean, if it was all hockey, yeah. I probably would have been more on board with it. If it was more like slap shot or something. Like yeah. That. I would, I would recommend this people to only to people that are trying to resurrect sea change mm. and they want to borrow stuff from other similar stuff. Yeah. That's when you should watch it. And if you're not trying to resurrect sea change, bloody do it. I want to see it again. I'd recommend it for two reasons. Mike, and Myers. No, yeah. uh, the other reason is Little Richard. Yeah, but you can also watch any Little Richard tape on YouTube. There's clips of R- Little Richard doing stand-up that are really funny. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd love to open for him one day. <laughs> you open for everyone, dude. It's that's bullshit. what they do. They bring him in. They get me to do it. Anyone that's never done comedy before, they get me to open for them. <laughs> it's a hard gig, but I'll come and check it out. Someone's but unfortunately, I'm busy. So we checked it. It's okay. It's okay. It's it passes the mark. It's a, a bit of a whimper to end the phase two on, but also yeah. his scenes are full of life. Yes. And I, I'm i always going to be wondering for the rest of my life, did he get that rub and tug? And we'll never find out. And that's why it will live on in my memory. Yeah. It's kind of like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Like, what is it? Did he get to calm? I don't know. We will never find out. But we can, <sighs> might be able to buy it on eBay. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Never look inside. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us on Mike Check with Cameron James and Alexi Toliopoulos. Please uh, be nice to us on Twitter. Talk to us. Give us some chats about Mike. You can talk to us at Mike Check Pod, or you can talk to Alexi at This Is Alexi, or me at I Am Cameron James. And just let's just chat about Mike. Yeah, baby. and if you liked what you heard, give us five stars on iTunes and in your review. Give us the title and concept for what you'd like our next spin-off show to be. Maybe like As the Crow Flies or something like that. <laughs> I've heard that podcast. It's pretty good. It's funny. Yeah, those guys are I cool. I they're being ironic. Dog Turd and Wagga are my favourite. <laughs> so if you like what you're hearing on our podcast, it really helps us a lot. It doesn't take too long. Just give us five stars on iTunes. And in your review, let us know what you'd like our next super-specific actor-based spin-off podcast to be, something like As the Crow Flies. We've got some new ones in this week from Mad Jack Daw. He gave us You'll Laugh, You'll Cry, You'll Hurl. The film career of Liz Hurley. I think that's a great <laughs> one. We also got one from Ben Jolin, who said, So, I married this podcast. Totally addicted to these horny babies. Can't wait to hear the Kiefer Sutherland special. Keep on, keep it on. <laughs> that was, that's They're both really good. I, I like those. those a lot. And also, 
Just share this podcast with your friends. Yeah, tell people about it. We lo- we're getting a lot of listeners, but we always want every single person in the world to hear it. Because how is Mike going to come back if it's just us hanging out chatting about it? You guys need to chat about him too. We need you guys chatting about Mike and anyone who has any connection to the man, please let him know that we love him and we want him on the pod. Yes, otherwise we're going to have to keep doing this forever. And I don't want to grow to dislike him. We're stuck in a Myers loop, guys. Get us out of it. Share it on your Facebook page, guys. That's what we're saying. Share it on your Facebook page, sure. And share a smile on all your faces, just like you've shared one on mine. Thank you so much. We love you guys. Thanks for listening to Mike Check. It's been a pleasure hanging out in your horny little ears. <laughs> Chat to you later. It's my Check. It's my Check. The podcast that Mike buys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.